Hey everybody, I am Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. podcast was June 1st of 2020 and today is November 30th. It is about noon and I spent the morning fixing my mics (laughs) because it had been so long since I podcasted. I literally just like threw everything in the corner and was just like I'm not doing this for a while and I had to set everything up and remember how to do it. I have to use a new program blah 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 blah. You guys don't care. Anyways so The reason I'm doing this podcast this morning is because I was so inspired by something that I read recently that I'm like, this is a great podcast topic. Like, I have to do the podcast again. And I said, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I got so excited. I went to bed early. I woke up at four this morning. I did my whole morning routine. And I really wanted to be in a good state to do this podcast because Back when I was podcasting before, I have to be honest with you guys, I was like not happy. It was so much work. It was so much technical learning curve that I was just really not enjoying it. And I had so much going on during that time, especially with COVID, trying to get all my classes online, trying to deal with the crazy amount of communications with everybody when it came to the events and the planning, blah, 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 blah. It was literally just a shit show and I was podcasting and I was like, there is no way I can stop podcasting. I told people every Monday, I can't stop. I can't stop. And I was like so hard on myself and not to mention doing one episode was like an all day affair because I was such a perfectionist. I'm still struggling with this and I know a lot of people can relate to that. But I am such a perfectionist. And when you're listening to yourself in HD, you're just like, oh my God, my voice. If you've ever recorded a voicemail and deleted it 150 times, don't do a podcast. (laughs) It's so hard. Anyway, so my goal for this time around podcasting is to not make too many promises. I don't know when I'm going to record them, when I'm going to release them. I don't know how consistent they will be. But I know when I get as inspired as I am this morning that you'll get some great podcast content. So yeah, I'm going to try to go easy on myself, not be such a perfectionist, and to just talk about things that I feel like talking about, have on guests that I feel like having on, and just kind of keep it simple this time. Sometimes I have the tendency to like over plan 
um, put way too many expectations on myself and then nothing is ever good enough. So I'm going to do my best to not edit these too much, to just kind of say how I feel and to just be myself. And it's not like I wasn't being myself before, but it was just so hard for me to like let go of the perfectionism, let go of... <sighs> just let go and just enjoy it and I really want to enjoy the podcast because you know what I love podcasts I love offering value to you all and I know how convenient a podcast is and I do love to talk I just don't love to listen to myself so with that I'm really excited to share with you a new episode of the podcast this episode was inspired by one of those hair forums so Pretty much. Um, <laughs> some of you might know this, some of you might not. If you follow me on Instagram and Facebook, I'm pretty open about um, my journey, but not too boundaryless, you know. But I did go through a lot this year. I was having major challenges with my mental health, and, you know, it was really, really hard for me. And one of my biggest addictions in life is my phone and work. It's just so difficult for me to set boundaries with my phone and work because I love to feel needed. I love to answer questions and I really love to like be there for people. And I also am addicted to growth and addicted to like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I've been really trying to work on myself and set boundaries. But one thing I'm having a really hard time with is my phone. I'm still spending a fuck ton of time on it. Um, my screen time is still at like six hours a day and a lot of the time I'm working, but it is a little crazy still. So I'm working on that. But what comes with that is I'm addicted to these hair forums. Okay. And it's because there's the craziest people in there sometimes and people ask the most wild questions or they ask like really easy questions and I can just answer them. And it's a great way for me to get inspired for my mastermind group to always be adding value in there. And if you're not familiar with mastermind, we have relaunched my online education program to a brand new platform. I've been working on it all year long. And in 2021, we have pretty much the most amazing curriculum and the most amazing model ever. And I really hope to see you in Mastermind. It's only $30 a month and we have so much value and I'll talk more about that later. So basically, without getting too off topic, I am addicted to these hair forums. And I want to share with you because I got yelled at and people were all pissed off at me, but it happens. And, you know, going back to that perfectionism, one of the biggest challenges for me and as a beauty influencer, as someone with a lot of followers, I know that you guys will see that and maybe assume one thing or whatever. But something to think about with that is you know, when you have that kind of presence on social media, it does come at a price, okay? And for somebody who already has perfectionism challenges like me, it is really hard for me to deal with that, especially with a big following. So let me elaborate a tiny bit on that. So basically, perfectionism can be boiled down to you walk into a room, there's 100 people there, 99% of them love you. And one person doesn't care for you. They don't have to hate you. They don't care for you. Perfectionists will focus on that one person and let it destroy their mental health. Now, I'm much better with this now. I kind of like 
will play off like I don't give a fuck whatever 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 but I'm still a human being and human beings have feelings and of course you want to make everybody happy especially with how hard I work so I'm in these hair forums and you know I would say that with my answers that I give I would say like out of 10 people seven of them are like yes this is great two of them are like eh whatever or ignore it and then one person is like you're a fucking idiot I would never take a class with you whatever fine so with the perfectionism I try not to let it get to me and it's kind of like building my tolerance for it especially with the way social media is now social media is a vicious vicious place and I feel like it's gotten more vicious over the past year especially with how divided our country is. I feel like you can't say anything out of context ever. If you're going to say or share anything, you have to add so much context. Otherwise, people will just hate you. And, you know, I'm a very kind, loving person. And I still get tons of hate on social media. I will get people messaging me like a whole freaking eight-page essay about what's wrong with me, what's wrong with how I look, what's wrong with what I say, what's wrong with my work, what's wrong with X, Y, and Z. And, you know, it's just a very volatile time to build a career online. So shout out to everybody who's doing that because I know how hard it can be. And I struggle with it myself. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm a human. I have feelings, thoughts, emotions, challenges, and, you know, I'm just like everybody else, which, you know, I'm sure you guys know, but just to clarify, (laughs) these forums can get crazy, okay? So I'm in the forum, and this is the question that I see. The question is, good morning. I'm planning on leaving my current commission salon in January to start booth renting. I'm going to try and start getting a list of my regular clients' phone numbers and color formulas. I'll probably hand out Christmas cards with a note explaining what I'm doing to the ones that I see, and some of them I won't see before I leave, so I was going to send them a text. What is a good way to tell them I have left and would like them to follow without sounding desperate or tacky? Also, can I be sued for stealing clients? So this episode is all about how to leave your salon with integrity and how salon owners, we can let our stylists go achieve their dreams and go on to their next step with integrity because it takes two to make things right, okay? And it does not always fall on the other person. And the reason I believe that I'm qualified to talk about this topic is because I have experience in both. I have made horrible mistakes as a salon owner, as a stylist, as an independent stylist. I have made horrible mistakes. And, um, you know, I share that with people because I don't want people to make the same mistakes I did. And I hope to give like, you know, my advice and wisdom from a real place and help people just have an easier time. So I'm going to read you my answer and then of course the forum gets crazy because I did not put enough context. So I'm commenting on the post, uh, you know, for like 15 minutes, like clarifying to people um, exactly what I mean and giving more examples. But I was like, you know what, this is such a good podcast topic because people need to like hear the whole thing and hear both sides and hear the advice, uh, the way it is intended, not through a comment. So let me pull it up. This is my response. So I said, I think that's a little dishonest. Why don't you give your salon owner two weeks notice, leave on good terms, and let your salon owner know where you're going to give clients a choice of what they'd like to do instead of being sneaky. 
If the salon owner acts like an asshole, the clients will see that and they will find you. Hopefully you have been utilizing social media and building a great marketing base so people can find you. Make your name on Facebook easy to search and find uh, easy to search so people can find you and your people who would have followed you will find you. Sneaky Christmas cards and stealing from the computer are a bad karma move in my opinion, but that's just me. Keep it real and classy and if the salon owner doesn't, you'll get even more people. So, automatically, comments on my post start blowing up saying, my salon owner didn't give me two weeks notice. Most salon owners will just kick you out and saying like all of this thing, all of this stuff, basically saying two weeks notice does not exist in a hair salon. And I agree. Okay. So listen, in 2020, to be a successful stylist, you have to be utilizing some kind of social media so people can find you. Everybody uses a website and a computer and Google and social media to find a hairstylist anyway. If you're living in the Stone Age, maybe you'll walk into a, a salon, right? So where I was coming from from this is hopefully you have created a solid marketing base where people can search you and find you. If your name is Sally Smith from Sheer Haircut in Wyoming, if you're in a specific town and your name is the same, there's no reason someone can't just Google you and find you. And these are the people who would have followed you anyway. What business do you have reaching out to people who probably wouldn't follow you? That's the thing, okay? So wait. Before you guys get all mad at me because the whole forum was going crazy about salons don't give two weeks notice, this is not real life, this is not reality, that's only in a perfect world. And this is the thing. I have experienced this in both sides. So as a salon owner, I have not given people two weeks. I'm going to tell you how I used to treat people when they left and you're going to be like, wow, Gina, what the fuck? And as a stylist, I have left salons in a sneaky way and I really wish I didn't because at the end of the day, I was the one in the wrong and I'm woman enough to admit that. So anyway, many people were saying, no, the only way is to be sneaky because salon owners do not allow two weeks notice, which I know because I was one of them. Hello, I know. Um, And I was telling people, I was just like, listen, if you leave with class, grace and integrity and the salon owner ices you out, you will win in the end. Okay, many salon owners need to learn this as well. You have to be classy. If you have to split the clients 50-50 with the stylist, it's going to be better than one of you getting more, one of you getting less. If you are icing the stylist out when they leave, this is not how to do it anymore, okay? So I really want to just clarify and let you guys know my personal experience, how I handled it in the past, how I would handle it now, and my recommendations. So at my first salon, this is what would happen. So basically, we were a team-based pay salon. And I started out the salon, it was just me and my assistant. And then I got more assistants, and I would have four or five assistants working under me, and I would train them all from beauty school. I only hired out of beauty school, okay? So I was literally uh, training these people from 
you know, the time they were in school, I really did hire people while they were still learning. And I taught them all the way up until their books were like almost full. So I felt that every client was a salon client. I never really like pressured. I Maybe I did pressure them to like market themselves, but pretty much their books were like full or growing. And there was always a steady client flow into the salon. So I truly believe that like our marketing, our social media, all of that was the reason clients were coming in. What I failed to realize is that after a stylist retains a guest, three visits, four visits, this guest is building a relationship with this stylist and I should expect, you know, that relationship to carry on when that stylist leaves and moves on because everybody leaves. Some people will make one salon their salon home forever, but most stylists are ready to evolve and grow at some point. And we'll talk in a little bit about how to retain staff what you can do in today's day and age because booth rental is a real thing. Um, It's a huge threat to commissioned salon owners and I give a lot of credit to commissioned salon owners. I was a team-based pay salon which is similar to commission in a sense of you split with the stylist. Uh, Most a lot of the payroll goes to the stylist and now I own a rental salon which is much easier much easier for my lifestyle and if you guys want an episode on that rental versus commission I can totally do that you just let me know um, and I would love to share that with you so anyways this is what would happen if a stylist came to me in the nicest way possible and said Gina I'm moving on Um, I'd like to give my two weeks notice and um I don't know where I'm going yet. That's what they would always say. I don't know where I'm going yet. And uh, the dishonesty for me, I don't know where I'm going. That to me put a wall up. Like I felt like, okay, you're not going to tell me the whole truth because nobody just leaves their salon and doesn't know what to do. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before in my life. I've I've seen people say, I don't know what I'm doing. And then like the next day they like are at a new salon, whatever. Um, if people were more honest with me during that time, maybe I would have been different. But I was very resentful because I felt like I had built all of these stylists, which I know now I could have been way different. I could have been way nicer. I could have been way more reasonable and realistic. But that's the past. And I went through that journey to be able to teach you this now. So I'm grateful for it. Um, I'm on great terms with most of my past team members. A lot of them work at the network now which I'm so grateful for. I can't even believe it. It's something I prayed for every fucking day. And it actually like happened. Um, And most of them are back. And it's just something that's so incredible, which says a lot about like how I led, you know, I wasn't perfect, but they know that I was like, I cared for them and still do, you know. So for me, back in those days, When somebody would say, hey, Gina, I'm leaving. I don't know where I'm going yet. Or if they knew where they were going and they shared it with me, my move was to say, okay, great. Today's your last day. Have an amazing day. XOXO, hugs and kisses. And then what I would do is I would move their whole client book to the rest of my team. Okay. Now, this is what I had learned from my business coaches. Okay. So this is what I had learned. And then I had the fear of losing what I had built. So think about like strategy plus emotion 
and that's what reality is, right? So my strategy was, okay, I'm gonna move them with the rest of my team, productivity goes up, payroll goes down, call it a day, goodbye, you know, um, have a nice life, still can be cool, but you know, if you're not with me, you're against me. And you know, that's how I was. I'm not gonna lie to you, that's how I was. And, um, you know, <laughs> it was not the right way to be, especially in today's day and age, because people do move on and it's not personal most of the time. And, you know, you have to give people credit and you have to say like, you know, not everything is permanent and you are not for everybody. Like my salon might not be the right salon that someone stays for for 5, 10, 15 years. And many of my stylists had said to me on their way out, I want to do what you do. And many of them have said to me, like, you inspired me to grow and that's what I'm doing. And I took it as like, wow, okay, like, this is cool, but like, still, what the hell are we going to do? We have all these clients and now the team is all like jacked up. Like, as a salon owner, it was a very stressful time when people left. And I'm just going to be real about that. Um, it did throw a wrench in our culture. And I was not in a really good mental state during those times. I was overworked, busy you know going through a lot personally and if you guys knew the whole story we'd be here for hours with me sharing it with you but maybe that's for another day but anyway so I would have people just leave I wouldn't let them finish two weeks I would try to protect the client book and protect what was the salons the salon clients but realistically if a stylist has been seeing a client and they've retained them two three four five I would say four times is the magic number they've been coming back four times and this stylist is doing a great job to retain them that client is just as much a salon value as the, the stylist value basically saying uh, it's equal and nobody owns a human being it's a hundred percent up to the client what they want to do so I want to give advice on how to leave with grace and integrity and as a salon owner how to let them leave and how to look great during the whole process Ooh, I'm a little nervous about my honesty I mean I've never been that like you know, like I've never really owned that and, and saying like, you know, when people would, you were either with me or against me when I owned my team-based salon. And, you know, that is not true leadership. True leadership is, and especially if you're going to be in an employee-based salon, if you're going to be taking care of these people, you got to take care of them. And it is what it is. When somebody leaves, it's a gift and a blessing for you to take on somebody new and give what you have to give away to them. And yes, when you market and build clients and, you know, you're building a business, I get that the clients are valuable and the clients mean something, but there's so many people in the world. And the major key is the abundance mindset. If you have a scarcity mindset just in your life and in general, it's going to be really, really hard to let go. So anyway, in the forum, that's what I said. I was just like, hey. Why don't you leave with two weeks and not blindside them? I've been watching the Sur I've been watching Survivor lately. I've never watched this show before and it's on Netflix right now. And Steve and I like blew through two seasons of it. And like, what is the worst thing to happen on Survivor? You get blindsided. It is the worst thing that could ever happen. And salon owners are used to being blindsided. It's the name of the game. It's the name of the business. And when I share with you how to leave your salon with grace and integrity, not blindsiding somebody is a major key because when you blindside when you blindside somebody 
you're going to get blindsided in the future, okay? Leaving with honesty, grace, with notice, and offering some kind of value because many people will just leave a salon and be like, yeah, whatever, bye. But like a lot of the time that salon helped build you into who you are as a person, as an artist, and as a business man or woman or whatever, you know? That salon has helped you in some way or you wouldn't want what that salon has, okay? So really just think about that and think about the energy you leave behind. So yeah, I got good and fee- good and bad feedback on my response and I had so much more to share and elaborate on, but silly me just posted it without a lot of context and yeah, people were going back and forth saying, yeah, this isn't reality, that's not how it goes and I 100% know that, I get it. I get that nine out of 10 salon owners are probably gonna ice you out and just be like, all right, bye, today's your last day, move your clients and do everything they can to air quotes, protect the business. But in reality, sometimes the best thing you can do for the business is have a little class, you know, and do what is best for the salon, which is keep culture strong, because I'm going to tell you something right now from experience. When I did this to people, when I told them, okay, today's your last day. All right, front desk, make sure you move everybody to everybody's column. I want you to put this person at the top of the booking order. That's who's most like this cl- this stylist. And just give all the uh, clients a call. And if they ask, we don't know where they went. Because a lot of the time, they wouldn't tell me where they were going to go. So I was automatically on the defense. I was just like, nobody leaves the salon without knowing where, where they go. So if you're leaving, key number one is be honest. Okay, be honest about what you're doing because the worst thing you can do is let us find out on Facebook or Instagram. That's happened to me so many times and it did say a lot about my leadership at that time because I was not the best leader. People don't leave salons, they leave leaders. And I get that sometimes it's time to grow, but if they had a total respect for me, they would have left in a different way. And I had to have had some kind of hand in that for them to do that right and I'm just being honest and like I said I'm on great terms with about 99% of my old team members I've talked to them about a lot of this I've grown a lot I own a completely different salon and I love to coach stylists and salon owners about this because I have the experience so again got good and bad feedback but you know something I learned is perfectionism is real you know I'm not for everyone 20% of you listening to this podcast probably don't even like me so you know that's something that I have to live with and deal with I know that my answers aren't gonna be like you know tickling everyone's fancy but this is what I've been through this is my authentic experience and this is what I want to share so hairstylist If you're leaving your salon and you want to leave with integrity, number one, we are all in business for ourselves at the end of the day. No matter if you work commission, if you work team-based, if you work rental, if you work at a, wherever you work, we are all building a personal brand. If you're not using social media to document your progress, share where you are, promote what you're doing. If you're not using social media, you're automatically going to be in that one down feeling of like, oh my God, I'm in a scarcity mindset. I have nothing to fall back on. When we get in a scarcity mindset, this is where we do shady, sneaky, dishonest shit. And when stylists leave in a sneaky way, a big red flag to me says you're not confident. 
you're not confident in your business because otherwise it wouldn't matter if you had to start over alone. And another huge thing to think about is the word starting over because let's just be honest here, okay? Nobody is ever starting over completely. Starting over is language that is so toxic to anybody wanting to grow. And your brain, when they when you say start over, is literally scaring you and trying to protect you. Like, no, you can't start over. But nobody can take away your skills, your experience, and who you are. Nobody can take that away. So you're never starting over. And we all learn something from every single experience. So there's no such thing as starting over, okay? But if you don't set yourself up to win and have a Facebook, like literally all I'm saying is have a Facebook page that has your name clearly or a website that has your name clearly because the clients who would have followed you will find you, okay? If the clients would not have followed you, if they weren't wowed by you, if you didn't retain them three or four times, what business do you have trying to pull them from the salon? You're going to look tacky. You're going to look bad. That's when you look tacky and when you get in trouble for stealing clients because literally the client doesn't belong to the salon owner or the stylist. The client doesn't belong to anybody. The client's a human being with their own buying decisions and their own choices, okay? If you're a stylist leaving and you don't set yourself up to win, chances are you're going to be in that scarcity mindset and do shady shit. So rule number one is you want to make sure that you're utilizing social media and you're building a personal brand. The next tip I'm going to give you is don't be sneaky, okay? So if you're sneakily handing off cards, if you're sneakily giving a Christmas card, come on. People give Christmas cards as an act of kindness to wish people happy holiday, not to backstab the salon they're at, not to ask the client for something. The Christmas card should have something in it for the client, not something in it for you. So yes, that is tacky. That is tacky, you guys, in my opinion. And like I said, 20% of you guys listening to this probably don't even like me. So you're not going to like my opinion. And if you've done this in the past, just own it. I have done this in the past. I've gotten fired from my mentor's salon. We're cool now. But, you know, she had taught me so much. And then, you know, I wasn't making any money there. They weren't doing anything to promote me. And, um... You know, I was bringing in clients and making like 40% and they weren't giving me any clients at all. So I was pissed. I was just like, okay, I should just do these people at my house because I make more money. So what I did is I made my own business cards and I was handing them out. And my salon owner was just like, what are you doing? She's like, today's your last day. Get out. And I was just like, whatever, bye. But I was planning on being sneaky and just getting all my guests to leave and come to my house and do their hair at my house. And that's what happened. But let me tell you something. That sneaky move ruined the relationship with my mentor. It ruined my reputation. I can't write that down as a reference. I mean, during this time. And, you know, it just wasn't good. And I always felt bad about it. I always felt bad about it because I could have just said, hey, this isn't working out for me. I'm going to do some hair from my house. You know, the guests that I've been seeing that I brought in, I know they have me on Facebook because I've been utilizing Facebook. But I really want to leave on good terms. And if anything would ever change, I would love the opportunity to come back. You know, but instead I made my bed and I had to lie in it, you know, and listen, if you've done this, don't be ashamed of yourself. Don't feel bad. I'm not here to shame you. I've done it. And salon owners, if you've iced out your stylist and you've been a dick (laughs) and you've treated them badly and, you know, you kind of like are both doing the same thing to each other, you know, 
don't feel terrible because tomorrow is always a new day okay there's always another day to start fresh and to do better and if I gave up after every mistake I made I would be done like when I was like 16 you know there's you know you learn from your mistakes and you grow and if you can own it if you can own what you did and if you can own your reality you're in a way better position okay so the next thing is leave with integrity let go of the outcome if you are building a suite which i know a lot of you right now are so if you're listening to this i bring five out of ten of you is probably building a suite right now and you're like fuck when do i tell my salon owner you tell your salon owner when the suite is done and then you offer to train your replacement you offer what can i do for you to make this transition easier the best way for somebody to leave the salon in my opinion is with a letter of resignation a thank you maybe a gift it doesn't have to be crazy but maybe something to remember you by and a note just appreciating the leadership or whoever right and maybe you don't have anybody maybe the salon is a complete and total nightmare and you just have to leave like that's fine too but if you want to leave your salon with integrity it's really important to show your appreciation and your gratitude and your respect because all of that will come back to you in the future okay and when you burn people you get burned trust me when you burn people you get burned it doesn't just (laughs) karma is so so real okay So um, don't be sneaky. I was sneaky and dishonest in a salon I worked at and it tarnished a very special relationship and I take a lot of responsibility for that, okay? Um, I know a few people who kind of went through the same thing I went through in that salon and the owner was very, my clients are my clients. It doesn't matter. Any person who walked through the salon door is a salon client and you know, you can't really win with that. However, you can do your best and maybe a lot of the time the salon owner will reach out and apologize, especially if you handle it with class. It's true. It's happened. And I've I've even reached out to people and been like, hey, sorry for being a dick. You know, (laughs) it's true. And um, you just got to be real with it. And you really have to understand that people are not put on this earth to live for you they're put on this earth to achieve their mission live their best life uh you know embrace and use their gifts and they're not put on this earth simply to do whatever you say or be with you forever so if you're able to mentor somebody give them that courage give them that skill set give them the business smarts give them whatever you have to give if you're a commissioned salon owner like this is the name of the game Commission salon owners in this day and age with booth rental the way that it is, you know, your job is to really train and do your best to retain the new generation of hairstylists. Like nobody else is going to train them. And commission salons in today's day and age, you know, there's going to be way less of them and they're going to have to step it all the way up. So when somebody leaves, it's almost like you always have to be training. So when somebody leaves, it's kind of like, all right, you know, I already have somebody training in the assistant program. They've been training, training, training. They're ready to move up. And, you know, then you hire another assistant. So if you're a commission commission salon owner, you know, your business model has to take into consideration that people will always be shifting out. And if you have a great culture and you take good care of your team and if you even better have a room for them to grow they can't plateau or they're gone 
okay? It just is what it is today. And maybe your commission salon is different. There's a one in a million, you know, that commission salon that just kills it, is hard to get into. Everybody loves working there. Nobody ever leaves. There's never a chair available. The salon owner is amazing. Everybody loves and respects and would never leave. Like there are one in a million salons like that. There, there are. And to the commission salon owners who are like that, if you do have a business like that, I would love to talk to you on this podcast and talk about how you do it. But, you know, for me, I couldn't do the employee-based anymore because I was so busy. And then I really wanted to be a teacher, you know, so I couldn't do everything. I had to let something go, but I wanted to be a salon owner. And, you know, that's why I opened the network. And I just didn't want the responsibility of training, retaining employees and like the whole thing. I didn't want that responsibility. I really just wanted like a come and go place where the stylist could do whatever they want. And then I have a big place to teach classes and I don't really have to spend too much time managing people because that's not my passion. I'm I'm not a manager. Like that is not, not, not my passion. It's not what I'm here to do. I'm not a manager. I love to create. I love to lead and inspire. I love to teach. And I love to build and grow, but managing like systems and day to day, it's my, it's one of my weaknesses, you know, and, and it's something that, you know, I did not want to do every day. And when I realized as a salon owner that this was my job, uh, <laughs> I was not happy. I was like, I hate my job. And this happened fairly quickly into my career as a salon owner. I, I, I signed a 10 year lease at, at my salon and for, with God's grace, uh, I got out of that lease and, um, you know, I thought I was going to die in my first salon, Gina Bianca hair. I, I like thought that that was it, but you know, life changes, things change and you never know where you're going to be, where you're going to end up. You never know where this life is going to take you. Nothing in life is permanent. And, uh, salon owners, I give you a lot of credit commission employee-based salon owners I give you so much credit for the amount of work that you put in I know it's hard and I know this topic is annoying for you because you're probably just like you're telling people how to leave the salon no I'm telling them how to leave with integrity and I want to share with you that if you have this resentment and you ice people out the client sees that if the client feels like one of the parties is being sneaky they're likely going to go with the other party or just not come back So there's four outcomes that can happen. Let's get back on track a little bit. I'm not going to edit this, so I hope you guys like it. (laughs) There's four outcomes that can happen, okay? You can be classy and the salon owner can be classy and you can part ways making it comfortable for the client to do what's best for them. That's the ideal situation. So ideally, the salon owner has an exit plan for every stylist that says, hey, If you're ever thinking about moving on, I need your help to train your replacement, train the assistant, and we'll figure out some dialogue. Uh, This is what we typically do. We let the, you know, we move the clients into the, you know, we call the clients one by one and we let them know where you are. If they want to keep their appointment, we're going to offer them a special savings to keep them in the salon. But of course, if they want to see you, we'll give them all of your contact information. I don't think that's unfair. I really don't. And if the guest wants to take a percentage off instead of coming to see you, you better step it up. 
You better be working hard, giving a great experience, being consistent, looking the part, marketing properly, and really adding value or else they're going to take a 20% off rather than follow you. And you can take that to heart or you can get all butthurt over it or you can just step it up right so the salon owner can have their system their exit strategy right a lot of the time the salon owner will try to keep you what i would say to my top earners i would say what can i do to keep you and many of them you know once they have that dream you can't take someone's dream away from them you know what i mean their dream is not working for me their dream is to work for themselves you got to respect that that was me right so that's one situation Okay, and the second scenario that can happen is that you as a stylist can be sneaky and the salon owner can be upset and salty and you guys can both be kind of pissed and sneaky and, you know, both fight for the clients and make it uncomfortable for that client and they're probably going to go somewhere else. So you both lose. Okay, do you see where this is going? It's like a win-win, a lose-lose, and a win-lose situation, okay? So the next outcome could be you can be sneaky and the salon owner can be classy and have a system in place for this. And the client will likely feel a little less comfortable staying with you. They might feel like they're doing something wrong because, you know, it's a sneaky situation. And I have done this and clients will be like, ooh, I feel bad. And (laughs) let me tell you. That guess is not a guess that's going to be retained a lot of the time, um, you know, if they're going to do that. So it's you're not going for the long game. You know, they might come to you for the discount and then maybe miss the salon experience and then go back. So it's really all about relationships. Like if you've been seeing a guest four, five, six, seven, eight times, if you've recruited that guest from, I don't know, uh, a waitress you maybe have seen at a restaurant, like if you recruited that guest, they're more likely going to stay with you. But if you're relying on the salon to give you clients and then you try to siphon off a part of their business, it's really not a good look, okay? It's just really not. So the fourth outcome is you can be classy. And th- okay, this is the whole point I was trying to make on the forum. And people were like, this isn't reality, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, listen, I was like, it's good for you if the salon owner acts like a douchebag, okay? It is good for you. And excuse my language on this podcast, but you guys know how I talk. Like, it just is what it is. If you don't like it, like, I'm sorry, bye. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, not sorry. It's just how I talk. Um, so this is the fourth outcome. And if it has to be this way, it's honestly good for you, okay? So the fourth outcome, you can be classy. And the salon owner can be not classy about it. And the client will feel uncomfortable at the salon and likely just seek you out anyway. They'll find you, okay? It's 2020. If you can't be found on the internet, there's a bigger problem than this. what we're talking about on this podcast. Make it easy to find you. Let it work in your favor. If you're worth following, they will find you. The only time people do sneaky things is when they're not confident and when they're in that scarcity mindset. If you are leaving your commission salon and going to your own business, your own suite, or a bigger salon or something that's more your vibe and your style, or maybe you got an opportunity at another salon and it's just time for you to move on. If you're moving up and forward and this is good for you and you're happy about it 
there's not going to be any need for you to be sneaky. You're going to be like, you know what? This is a good choice for me. I'm moving forward. Like, you know, sorry, not sorry. Um, I know that the right people will follow me. I know everything in this life is happening for me. I know that my experience is great. I believe in myself. I believe that people will find me. I put so much work into my website and my marketing and my Facebook and I'm going to really be classy about this and I'm going to be grateful for every part of my journey. You know, people are going to find you, but maybe you're going to a place that is a last minute decision. Maybe you're going to do hair from home. Maybe you're going to do it part time somewhere. Maybe you didn't put a lot of thought into it. Maybe you're leaving the salon off of emotion. That's a big one. If you're leaving in that way, it's going to be way more obvious if you're sneaky that, you know, it's not, it's not worth following a lot of the time. So clients are going to be like, "Ah, I don't know about this. I'm just going to stay here. A little nervous to go to Sally's house, right? And I'm not saying anything bad about people who do hair from home. If you have a separate entrance and a nice little space for them and you have your insurance and they're separate from your home and they're not in your kitchen, I have no issue with people doing hair from home. I did hair from home for the first two years um, and it was definitely not classy, but it got me where I needed to go. So I will never say anything bad, but you might not have clients want to follow you if they're going from a salon experience to a house, okay? So if you're worth following, they will find you. If the salon owner, like I was, tries to ice you out, the clients are going to want to support you. If you're treated in an unfair, negative way, and it's obvious to the client, they are going to support you so much. They're going to send their friends and family. This is all going to work in your favor. This is all happening for you. If you leave on good terms, it's going to be great. If you leave on bad terms on your end, it's going to be harder. You're going to set yourself back. If the salon like has you leave on bad terms, like if the salon is uh, not treating you right, it's all going to come to you. This energy pushes people out of the salon and it pushes people out of your chair if it's negative. If it's positive and has an abundant mindset, you guys are going to, everybody will be okay. All you can control is your response and your actions though. So I always say, you know, do what you have to do and then let go of the outcome. Leave with integrity, leave with respect, and then let go of the outcome. Hopefully you have been utilizing everything you have at your disposal to make this transition easy for you. All right, so dishonesty is not a good look and it always comes back around, trust me. I've been dishonest, I've been sneaky leaving a salon, and the reason was that I wasn't confident in myself that people would follow. I had a scarcity mindset. I've lived this before, and I know a lot of salon owners who have who've done this too. So, let's see. How should I tell my salon owner that I'm leaving? So I wrote down some questions and I'm going to just kind of go through and answer them the best that I can and um, in no particular order. I'm just going to kind of go through my notes here because I did, I was so passionate about this topic and 
I was like, I need to talk about this because I've been through it on both sides and it works in your favor if people treat you awful and you're treating them kindly. It will work in your favor energy-wise and uh, people see it. People aren't stupid, okay? And salon owners, when you ice out your stylist, you're sending a big fat message to the rest of your team. You're either with me or against me and that is not a good culture not a good culture at all okay so uh everything you do sends a loud and clear message to your team so the question was how do i tell my salon owner that i'm leaving and i always say a letter of resignation and a conversation like an authentic conversation that just says hey you know i've been thinking about it for a while it's time for me to move on and move forward um, how can I make this transition easy for you? What can I do? I'm so grateful for everything you've done for me here. And I really want to leave on good terms. How can we make that happen? You have to let go of the outcome at this point. That's all you can do because a lot of salon owners are going to be like, fuck you, goodbye. A lot of salon owners hate, hate, hate when people leave. Okay. It's an either you're with me or against me. Some salon owners are amazing and graceful and they already planned for this. It's happened a lot of times. They figured it out. They take care of themselves. They realize it's not personal. These are the salon owners who should be running salons and salon owners like me in the past, you know, I had a lot of work to do on myself. I took everything personal. I had a filter of like trauma of like everything that happens is a direct stab in my heart. And, you know, I had such a scarcity mindset because I had everything on the line and I was way over generous and had no boundaries with my spending, especially when it came to paying people bonuses, gifts and shit like that. I had a lot of work to do on myself. Okay. So. The goal is for the clients that you've retained like three, four, five times who probably already have you on Facebook. They probably are already your friend on Facebook or Instagram. They're probably already following you. The goal is for you to retain those people. Not that one guest you did a keratin on six months ago. Not that one guest you did a haircut on who you can't really remember their name. It's your long-term guests, okay? And you can make a great living with like 50 guests. I mean, even less than that. If you're having a great ticket and they're sending you people, it's not, it does not take that much to start your own business. <sighs> Offer to help train your replacement. Ask the salon owner, what, how can I make this? How can I, how can I do this? Um, to stay on good terms like what can I do for you did you want me to train someone I can finish out two weeks I could finish out a month um, what can I do so that we can leave on amicable terms make it comfortable for the client and that we can move forward with this in a positive way let go of the outcome okay you can't control how people react except the salon owner has a business that help you grow and let go of the outcome be classy be kind uh, for a salon owner, how can I properly handle someone leaving is have an exit plan. You always have to plan for the exit, right? For me, uh, I was cons I opened a second salon that's all rental because I didn't want them under one roof because I really didn't know how it would go. And my team-based business model was so team-based that like having renters in there just wouldn't even work. I actually had one renter in there and it just didn't work. So I was going to do it under two roofs and I was going to really keep both the salons. I didn't really realize that I needed to close the first one until like my mental health started like really struggling because I would just didn't have the time, energy or want to have employees anymore and I have one employee now and she's great and she's got you know she does management she does a little bit of hair and that's like enough for me I had one person I trained this year but it was a lot 
you know, when I, when I take someone under my wing, I go all in and I give everything I have and the people who've worked for me, they know it. Okay. There's not, no doubt in my mind that I've helped many, many, many stylists grow and, uh, become amazing professionals in this business. So when I go in, I go all in. And once I kind of was checked out with it and was teaching all over, I couldn't have my name on the door because it wasn't the same. So that's why I opened my rental salon because I was like, okay, we're going to get people out of school. We're going to train them. And then if they leave, they have an option to go rent over here. I was trying to get a longer relationship out of them. I was trying to have a rental business too. Um, my recommendation for salon owners is to have an exit plan and if possible, have, an hi- have a hybrid option. Have an option where they can rent or their commission can go up, but try not to let them plateau, especially if you've got really, really good people. Have your exit strategy in mind too, right? How can you make it so that you don't have to do a lot? Maybe you have a staff of 10 and what, what's, the, what's the number you got to make to rent these chairs out once they're maxed out? Like what, what can you do if you've got the right person? Maybe move them into rental, but that's your business, not mine. So I can't really tell you, but I would say having an exit strategy and having some growth process for them so they can see a future with you and they don't see a plateau and an ending and they're not constantly looking for the next thing. Because today with social media, with all of the opportunities available to people in this industry, it's crazy for them to want to stay the same, stay in one place. I think it's crazy. And if you're a salon owner and if you're doing employee-based, you know, everybody's different. But, you know, I think that if you're a great salon owner, commission, or employee, like, hairstylists out of school have nowhere to go right now. So always being training and having people through there, like you're making a huge difference in the industry. And I'm not telling you that's what you have to do, but, you know, to always be training and, you know, moving people through and having a business model that, you know, does that may maybe not sound like a billion dollar business model, but you might have such a great training program and people might never want to leave and people who love to teach and educate and mentor might be your top performers who can help you do that. But it takes a lot of leadership. And like I said, that's your business, not my business. So when people leave, you just got to see it as a blessing. You help them get to where they are. And now it's time for you to share your blessings and share your training with another new team member. And that's the mindset you have to have uh, because not everything is permanent, you know. The next question I get a lot is how can I protect myself as a salon owner from people siphoning off from my business? So for me, I don't really believe in a non-compete agreement. Maybe I'll bite my tongue 10 years down the road or something. I don't really know. But um, I don't like to tell people where they can and cannot work. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like we all got a cosmetology license and we all have the right to work wherever. Uh, What I do agree with is a non-solicit agreement. And the reason I had a non-solicit agreement was because there were a few times where a team member would leave and then they would solicit my other team members and then one by one they'd all go work together and it was very hurtful and it did hurt the business it hurt the people who worked there it hurt me as a leader and people can get pretty bad with that and like I said I have no resentments for anybody anymore like 
but you know sometimes that happens and you have to protect yourself in the business and it really comes down with how much money do you want to spend in court like do you really want to take people to court um, people ask me a, lo a lot about these contracts and agreements and of course you have to go by your state and talk to an attorney but my non-solicit agreement pretty much said uh actually you know what i will post my non-solicit agreement and mastermind i'll post that for you guys so you can read it verbatim but it basically says if you leave leave alone you know um i knew i i helped them build their social media i helped them learn how to market themselves so learn how to market yourselves your clients will find you i created little monsters like i wanted them to grow on social media because it was great for the salon it was great to keep us busy so if they were doing all of that all of their existing guests would follow them but don't be sneaky be real with me don't blindside me like i was saying earlier in this episode what's the worst thing to happen on survivor blindside somebody it's the worst and it comes back around what goes around comes around you guys oh it's so true don't blindside people. Have a clear non-solicit agreement. And my non-solicit, I will post in Mastermind for you guys. I don't think you can use it in your state. You got to show it to a lawyer. I never recommend using the forms that people post and share. But I can post it for inspiration for y'all. Um, but always talk to an attorney before you have someone sign something. So um, maybe I'll just put the language for you or something. But I'll put that up there so you guys can see what it is. And, um, you know, it's different in every state. Some states don't allow this. Some states don't allow that. I'm not a state law expert, but, you know, I had a no non-compete. I didn't tell people where they could and could not work, but I did tell them, you know, if you leave, leave alone, you know, build your own business, your own brand. Don't siphon off of mine. And uh, I never really had that big of an issue with people handing out sneaky cards, um, I feel like that would just be a huge slap in the face to our team, me and the culture. You know, I, I do think it's tacky. I think that, you know, you build your brand and if you're going to leave, you should be confident enough in yourself that the right people will follow. The next question is, how do I know if I'm ready to leave my current salon? And some of you guys might be toying with this idea and I want to just go through a quick checklist. And if you answer yes, to all of these maybe you're in a great place but if you answer no to four or more it might be time to find a place that's going to meet your needs and uh, give you a better life so the first thing is do you have job security do you have a secure paycheck are you busy with clients is are your taxes being taken care of is your salon in business for a long time it's not really going anywhere like do you have that job security and certainty are you having fun? Do you like your job? Is it fun and different? Do you get a nice new client flow? Like, do you have new clients coming in? Is the marketing good? Is there stuff going on? Do you get new products uh, all the time? Do you get education? Like, is it fun? Are you having fun? The next question is, do you feel appreciated? Do you truly feel that you matter to that business? Do you feel like you're irreplaceable in a sense of like you know I matter on this team I belong here um, that's the next one do you feel like you belong do you feel connected to the owner and to the team and the next one are you growing to your full potential or have you been kind of the same price point in the same for a long time have you been plateaued or you know are you growing to your full potential 
And then the last one is, do you find meaning in your work? Do you feel like you're truly giving back to the client, to the team? Like, do you find meaning in what you do? If you answer yes to all of those, you're in a great place. And I know there are a lot of kick-ass salon owners, and I give you all mad respect. This episode is not to encourage people to leave their commission salon. It's encouraged to get people to not blindside the salon owner. It's encouraged to get salon owners to get with the program of knowing that not everything lasts forever. And that, you know, when you own a salon, you sign up for the turnover and you sign up for people wanting to live their dreams. And if you're a really amazing leader and salon owner, you have to help them do that. (laughs) You don't have to, but, you know, I think it's your duty to give back to the industry as a salon owner. And yeah, that's all my notes. I was kind of like last night, like feverishly writing all of these notes because I was so inspired by that one post in the hair forum. Um, I belong to a whole bunch of them. I belong to Rebecca Taylor's, Guy Tang's, a whole bunch of the forums that get a lot of engagement. I'm so obsessed with them. So if you ever see me in there, say what's up. Um, But yeah, I hope that you guys like this episode. It's my first episode in a long time. I hope that you're doing well. Message me, share this episode you know, share it on your story. Let people know that I'm back. I don't know when the next one will be. Probably when I get inspired again. If you have questions that are, you know, podcast worthy, feel free to send them along to me. And again, if you're not in my mastermind group, we have worked so hard this year to create an amazing platform and it is really incredible. I'm so excited and proud of it. And We've got about 75 videos in Mastermind now, so we've got a new platform on Kajabi. It's beautiful, you guys. It's gorgeous. You can get it right from your phone and your desktop. It's $30 a month, so we have our uh, Kajabi app that has all of your hair videos. We have our Facebook forum. We have our Q&A library, which, you know, all the questions from Workplace, our old platform, we're inputting in there. Everything's in there. You're going to get discounts on our upcoming classes at the network. We're going to have mastermind meetings. I'm so excited for mastermind meetings. Um, We're going to be on Zoom. We're going to get to see each other's faces. We're going to get to share and grow together. And I'm going to do a lot more Q&A like this and a lot more coaching. And I'm really excited to kind of move into my next phase of my journey. I've been going through a lot this year, which I'm sure all of you have been going through a lot. I know I'm not the only one, Um, but I hope that sharing my authentic experience and my journey, I hope that it inspires you and gives you some some strength and some hope. Um, That's what I'm here to do is to share my story with you. So I appreciate you and I hope you have a beautiful day and thank you so much for listening.